Welcome. This is Ball Court. I am Coach Drew. I've missed you, but we got a great show in store. We got the King going raw against the Kings. We got Melo balling out. And we got something shady going on. Let me tell you, is there always room for Jello? Right here on Ball Court. Hang around. I'm Coach Drew. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew. And like I promised, there is basketball flaming. I know, I know what you're saying. It's been a while since you heard my voice, seeing this pretty face of you. <laughs> but I'm back, and I will never leave you like that again. And guess what? We got a lot of other things. Guess who else is back? The King. Yes, he's on his revenge tour, and he brought the band back together. They've been doing some hot things. Ten and two running through the league and probably as we speak probably working on being 11 and 2 i'm sorry atlanta my condolences anyway this boy up here lighting people up braun has actually gone to another level this is year 17 i want you to realize this in year 17 he is absolutely killing people he's putting on a better game and a better level than he did in any other previous year He's coming out there, he's attacking. And the best part about it, he's sharing the ball against the Kings. Mind you, the King going against the Kings in Sacramento, he did his thing thing. Let me tell you, he gave them the business and a half. He ran down the middle, I'm talking 29 points, 11 assists. He's giving everybody the ball, he's keeping it moving. But there were some key points in there that made me sit back and think to myself, man, Remember that little young boy coming out of high school that was in Cleveland that was dunking on everybody? That was dunking on people to the level of, 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 of audacity that you were only could measure the way Mike Tyson was knocking out older people? That's how he was dunking. And he came through and he made a dunk during that game that I think almost, almost turned that boy to dust. It was bad. And that's the kind of level of that they're playing at this moment. But the Lakers are making them great. They have that all-in mentality. Everybody's out there. I remember last time we spoke, I told you about how Dwight Howard was playing. But there's even more to it. KCP, and mind you, he's been the butt of a lot of my jokes at the beginning of the season and throughout the season due to the fact that he doesn't perform sometimes. He ends up on Shaq in the full with that wedgie that he had the other day. But guess what? What? He stepped up when he had to step up. 12 points in the fourth quarter in a close game against the Kings. Now, let me tell you how close of a game. They won 99 to 97. Last couple seconds of the game. They a beautiful pass inside. And guess who blocks it? Anthony Davis. It, that all-in mentality that they're going to win the game on a game-winning block. That all-in mentality that the Lakers have makes me feel great. I'm talking, I feel young again. I'm absolutely young again. Do you know why I feel so young again? I feel like it's the 90s. I feel like Bird has came back. I feel like Magic has came back to the Lakers and he threw on their, they threw on their jerseys. I feel like you got J James Worthy out there. It's, it's a great feeling I'm having right now. Yes. 
The Lakers are on top of their division in the West Coast. The Celtics are on top of their division in the East Coast. This is something that you can share with your kids at this moment. Anybody who did not watch that ESPN 30 for 30 about the Celtics and the Lakers, you should be watching it now just because of this. It is happening in real life. This is the rivalry we always wanted, and it's happening right now. Mind you, just keep in mind, a lot of things have to happen for this rivalry to take place. You know, like a lot of shifty deals that was all back, back door, and then now this is happening. It seems like a lot of those deals that were so-called tampering is working out very well for the NBA. But I digress. Let's talk about them Celtics. Now, being a Lakers fan, it hurts me to utter these words, but how about them Celtics? 10 and, ten and 1 right now? This team is rolling. They got off to a hot start. You got Kemba Walker trying to do his best I am not Kyrie impression. And he is absolutely phenomenal with it at this point. I'm telling you, he's showing that he's a leader of this team. He's doing whatever it takes. He's scrambling to the floor. He's making that extra pass. He's talking to his team in a losing situation or in a winning situation. Or is it to say that he's a better leader than Kyrie? I'm not, I don't think we're at that level yet, but I think definitely what they had in their locker room and what he brings to that locker room, they definitely gel with. And you could tell that Hornets felt the same way when they welcomed him back for that first game. It wasn't, they didn't bring him back to booze. It was actually a tribute ceremony. 12 years he spent over there and he did phenomenal job over there. And they showed him the love for it. It was amazing to actually see that. I respect them. But at the same point in time, the beating that he put on them was absolutely crazy. This is another level team here. I, and, I, and I want you to stop and think about this. Right now, Kyrie, is take, he is, he's pretty much taking a birdie right now. He's, getting, a, he's getting, a, getting his feet wet, checking things out, seeing how the team works within how it works, when um, Kevin Durant comes back, then they're going to start functioning and start building and moving towards that championship. So pretty much, the East Coast is wide open, especially with Joel Embiid injured right now. And you have the Celtics just playing at such a level, it's, it's astounding. Not to say that they're going to be able to just walk through the East, but the East Coast is not as difficult as it should be. And with their team, they are built for this level that it's at. Jason Tatum, come on. He's playing, a much, he's playing so much further above. Could it be the Mamba Sports Academy? I don't know. But he's still playing at a higher level, and I love it. I love what I'm seeing from him. And being a Lakers fan, it really hurts me to say that I love what I'm seeing from him, and I love what I'm seeing from him. He's, he's playing great basketball, and they're moving it very well. And Jalen Brown, oh, my God, Jalen Brown. It's like he went over the summer and decided, you know what, not only am I going to go ahead and buy a game, I'm going to buy a little heart, I'm going to buy a little, a little, you know, physicality too. And he, did, he does all of that. Now, Mark is smart. I'm going to tell you, he's the type of player that's on that team that is, he has a vibe about him. He has a way that he's positionless. He doesn't care how big you are. He doesn't care how small you are. He doesn't care how fast you are. He's going to defend you. He's going to stop you. It kind of reminds me of Carol Lawson when she played in Tennessee. Mm. 
But I guess uh, that new coach that they got over there is rubbing off on them. Maybe they should get some more women playing, you know, in the assistant coach or head coach positions. I'm telling you, they're making changes over there. Now, I know what everybody's thinking. When are we going to talk about Paul George? Now, now, PG-13 is back. Yes, everybody in L.A. is happy. Actually, not everybody. 70% of us are Lakers fans. Those 30% that are Clippers fans, they're, they're happy, so what? But they are happy. And he's actually doing some great things over there. Now, his first game back, he only played in 34, 24 minutes because, you know, he's just coming off with a shoulder surgery. He's got to get, get back in the groove. They want kind of ease him into it. So, of course, you're thinking, 24 minutes, even he said he didn't play great. He only put up, what, 33 points? With Kawhi not in the game? Wow. Okay, well, the next game we decided, you know what, they're going to play him less. They don't want to play him as much. Once again, shoulders. So he put up 37 points in 20 minutes. It's like he's doing so much with so little. He's actually one of the most efficient players of the week right now. And these are both without Kawhi. First one, of course, was back in L.A. at the Staples Center, his first game in L.A., I kind of, and I, that was the second game. I'm sorry. That was the first game in L.A. on the second game. I must say, I kind of expected it. You got your friends. You got your family. There's so many familiar faces in the stands that you haven't really got a chance to play with or play in front of as a home team. I, could, I, I know the feeling. Trust me. If I had a chance to play in front of my family and friends in New York and I was in Madison Square Garden, I would cry because I'd be playing for the Knicks. Anyway. Neither here nor there. But if I wasn't playing for the Knicks or I was playing for Brooklyn and I got a chance to see them in the stands, I'd be happy about it. So I know exactly where he's coming from with the Clippers. So I know why he showed out and played a little bit better. But here's the scary thing that he stated. He stated his shoulders are feeling brand new. He hasn't felt like this in a long time. Hear why that's scary. In OKC... He was playing in the playoffs, fighting through the playoffs, dropping 34 points per game. And he didn't feel right. And now he's with arguably one of the best playmakers in the league right now, and one of the most dominant playmakers in the league right now. And 37 points in 20 minutes is him feeling right. And 33 points in 24 minutes is him having a bad night. I'm going to be honest, as a Lakers fan, it is tough. It is tough to swallow. But hopefully things work out, you know. Things always get bright. We shall come back. We shall see. But we got to play them. We have a better record, so I'm not worried. We're the number one in the West. But they're coming. They are coming. And with um, Kyrie's load management, or should we say... His uh, knee strain management, that they now calling it, he's going to be taking off a lot of games in between. So, what I'm thinking the Clippers are looking to do is ease their way midway into the playoffs and then make a huge roll at it after that, a la Toronto. And I can see why Doc Rivers is doing that. Good job, Doc. All right, speaking of Doc Rivers, we're going to talk about the 
Clippers versus the Rockets. Yes, we always got to speak of Brody and the Bear. And Clippers versus the Rockets, actually, the Bear that was the funniest was Doc Rivers' little son, Austin Rivers. Doc Rivers got kind of hot and bothered during the fourth quarter after a uh, missed call by the ref. And funny enough, Austin Rivers comes up and jokes about it to get his father teched up and thrown out. Afterwards, after gesturing to the ref to tech up his father, he waves at his father after he gets thrown out and tells him, call me. And then posts on Twitter, Thanksgiving is going to be weird. Absolutely. But it's not going to be weird as some of these reporters who decided for Thanksgiving they will not be eating turkey, they will be eating crow. All of those people who said that Harden and, and uh, Russell Westbrook wouldn't mesh together. Harden would have to change the way he scores, change the way he plays, or Russell Westbrook would have to be a completely different player. Well, currently, Russell Westbrook is still shooting at the exact same percentage for his catch-and-shoot percentage that he was shooting at at OKC, as well as averaging just a hair under where he was averaging during this time, during last year in OKC. So he seems to be doing right. And let's take a look. Let's see if Harden has changed. Nope. Nope. He's just going 40 points, 40 points, 40 points. It's like he, he's like the Oprah 40-plus point gangs. He runs around, you get 40-plus points. You get 40-plus points. You know what? Clippers, look under your chair. He got 40-plus, and he doesn't care. He's giving it out. He's handing it out like candy. Right now, they're on a seven-straight win streak. Yes. He said it couldn't work. Tony's system doesn't work. But, or did you just say it doesn't work during playoffs? So, I like this run that they're on. I like what they're doing. But we'll see later on. Because we all know, are they going to be there in May? That's the question. You know? So, Brody and the Beard, the experiment looks good so far on paper. But, this time of year, so did Chris Paul and James Harden. See how that worked out. All right. Okay. I know every week I've been pleading on this show. I've been doing a segment. We're moving on to this next segment. I've been doing this segment every week. And finally, the Portland Trailblazers have listened. They have heard. They have heard my cries. It's your turn, Lakers. Jamal Crawford's still out there. But they have heard my cries. Yes. Melo is back. The guard is back. Mello the guard. Hoodie Mello is now going to be a trailblazer. He's going to be up there in Rip City along with Dame Dollar, along with CJ McCollum, and they're going to have a phenomenal team. I'm, I'm happy about the way they're spreading the floor. Now, a lot of us is smiling because I know everybody who's listening to this is like, man, today is only a couple of days from the day that the Trailblazers play the Rockets. Is it going to be? No, it's not. He's not going to be coming back for that game, but he will be back on Tuesday to play against the Pelicans. And this way he'll get a chance to debut against, you know, people like Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, who's been having a great defensive season. I think this is going to be a real test for Melo. This is a way of saying welcome back or, well, you should have, been, you should have stayed retired. In my mind, I already know that Melo is going to do something great. I'm telling you, it's gonna be like the it's gonna be like the Black Ops again. I feel it, and 
I definitely feel that this is going to help the struggling trailblazers right now. I know that there's a, they've been injury ridden. I know that there's starts that haven't been working out the way they wanted to. Now that everybody knows with the injuries that they had, they could just double Dane Lillard and and you stuck him for what seven points, seven points last game. It's it's gonna work eventually. You're gonna have to double him. So he's gonna need somebody to get the ball to. And with a walking bucket like Carmelo Anthony. I dare y'all to double him and leave him open. I'm going to tell you the truth. Dwayne Wade said it best when the news broke. Finally. Man, what were y'all thinking? Finally. Nello, welcome back to the league. I'm hoping your hiatus from the league is just like my hiatus from the show. Let's not make it so long again. I'm glad to have you back. I'm going to cry. I'm going to hold it together, though, just for one last bit. Because guess what? I'm a man of the old school. And there's an old school point guard out there right now that is showing off and doing some things that we haven't seen since LeBron James did it in 2018. Um, And that wasn't that long ago. That was, what, year 15 for LeBron when he was doing this. And he is the first player to do it since then. And yes, who I'm talking about is Ice Trey. Trey Young, he's been lighting it up over there in Atlanta. Even though they haven't been winning the games, he's been doing some amazing things. He had a game of three stretches of 30 points and 10 assists minimum per game. That LeBron has, that last time it was done, it was done by LeBron, the king. So, obviously, you're doing king-like things. And I'm not talking about 30 points like he's barely getting 30 points, like 31, 32. Let me tell you about these stats. I'm talking 30 points, 35 points, 42 points, 11 assists, 12 assists, 10 assists, hitting three points, eight three-pointers made, five steals, even getting rebounds, eight rebounds. Ice trade. You know why they call him that? Because that boy cold. I'm telling you, he has moves out there that will freeze your soul. He came out with one move on the Clippers, even though they did not win. But he had that man frozen. I Trust me, I run this play. I practice this all the time with the girls that I coach. I teach them this on every layup line. To fake the pass to the corner and drive. But near have I ever seen it where a man jumps halfway to that corner on a fake. It was ugly and pretty at the same time. I'm telling you, that's poetry. That's why we watch the game. We watch the game for things just like that, that poetry, that beautifulness of the game. And you know what Ice Trade does? He gives it to us. I'm telling you, I'm not saying he's a Steph Curry. I'm not saying he's going to be a two-time MVP or a unanimous MVP. But I am saying the kid got some potential. We could be looking at the future right here. But I want y'all to hang around with me. Warm yourselves up. All that talk about that shit got me feeling a little cold, too. Warm yourselves up. My name is Coach Drew. This is Ball Court. This is the world of basketball. Hang around. I'll be right back. Coach Drew, this is Ball Court. 
And this is the world of basketball. And with the world of basketball, of course, we're going to talk about all forms of basketball. This time of year is a beautiful part of basketball, college hoops. And I have two people, two very special programs that I want to talk about. Now, the reason why I want to discuss both of these programs is because both programs are doing something phenomenal. We're going to start off with the ladies first. And the program that I'm going to discuss is the Oregon Ducks. Everybody who's been talking about them, of course, we've been talking about the one of the greatest players and the most natural player or the most WNBA-ready player that we have in the country right now with Sabrina Ionesco. Now, let me tell you, Sabrina is one of the best, or the best, the triple-double queen. She can get points, get buckets just about on demand, and make sure that everybody else is working within the same field, getting buckets. Now, of course, we're going to talk about their hot start, how they got off on a great run, beating everybody. Matter of fact, one of their most notable wins over the last little bit was against uh, Texas Southern University. That was a big win, winning 99-63. to In that game, of course, Sabrina got a triple-double. That's what she does. She had 10 points, 13 rebounds, and 14 assists. Think about that. 14 assists. She made sure everybody touched the ball more than once. That's nice. That's nice. That's a gifted friend. But one of the most notable wins that they did was against Team USA. Yes, Team USA, the collection of some of the best female basketball players in the world. I'm talking, you, they, had, um, they actually had three or four MVPs on the team that they played with. I'm Asia Wilson. I'm talking... One of the greatest college players that ever played a game in Asia Wilson was on that team as well. And they beat them 93-86. to When I tell you that the Oregon Ducks are on another level right now for college hoops, they're on another level. As a matter of fact, if at this point the WNBA decided that we need to expand, they could just bring in the Oregon Ducks team as is, and throw them right into the WNBA and put them in the mix. And I guarantee that you're going to find that these girls can score on that level. Now, if we don't get at least five, six of them off of that team into the next draft, there's something wrong. These girls are playing on a phenomenal level. Mind-blowing. Great job, Sabrina, and the rest of you Ducks. Women, keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing. Blow everybody out. And in March... Whoever is still sleeping on you, you need to set that alarm clock off. Wake them up. Let them know. Next program we're going to talk about for the college hoops right here on ball court is going to be Evansville. Yes. Evansville, if y'all haven't been listening, over the last week, college football was turned upside down because the number one team, Kentucky, fell to Evansville. Now, one of the greatest stories about this is that being for the fact that there was a tune-up game and that was one of their first games, that means Kentucky had to pay Evansville to come out there and get that, to take that W. Think about that. You have to pay another team a substantial amount. You have to promise that there's going to be airtime. And the reason why you pick a team like that is so you can get your guys worked up to, so they could get an easy win. That's why you pay for a team like that. And Evansville came in there after taking their money 
took their pride also. They won 67 and 64, and then yes, Evansville was making shots. They were hustling for the ball. They were hitting three-pointers. They spread the floor. They made key passes. They, the 50-50 balls that was coming up a higher on, they did a lot of key things to make sure they won the, won the game. By no means did Kentucky just roll over and give them this game. So I don't want to take anything away from Evansville, but the feeling you must have after receiving that check and thinking to yourself, when they were writing that check, like, yeah, these are the people we're going to beat up on real quick. Give them their money. Now you walk up in there, take their money, then beat them down. Congrats, Evansville. And Coach, Coach McCarthy, congrats to you as well. Being a former, you know, Kentucky alumni and a former player for Kentucky, I know it felt good to beat your alma mater in such a fashion where they're the number ones. Now, right now, Evansville, just to let y'all know, they do sit on top of the Mississippi Valley Conference, and it's going to be hard-pressed to find somebody who's going to knock them off. Good job, y'all. All right. Well, I want to go to my next segment. This is one of my closest segments. I love this segment because it always touches a warm part in me. This segment is called Goat Moves. Goat Moves. All right. So, with Goat Moves, as you all know, in these segments of Goat Moves, we discuss former players and current players that are doing some big things for the community outside of what they're doing on the floor. Yes, we spoke about LeBron James when he uh, sent out the food truck for the, uh, for the first responders for the California fires. We even spoke about, um, we, we spoke about Michael Jordan doing some great GOAT moves type things, opening up that facility for, um, opening a facility in North Carolina and that medical facility for the um, underprivileged in North Carolina. We respected that. But now, this week, our GOAT moves recipient is going to be none other than C.J. Watson. Yes, a friend of the show, C.J. Watson. Hopefully, I can get him on the show because we really want to discuss this particular GOAT move. This GOAT move that he is doing is there will be a new children's book coming out based off of the life of C.J. Watson. It's called C.J.'s Big Dreams. The thing that I like about this, this particular book is that it's not just focusing just on kids, but it's focusing on kids reaching their dreams. A lot of times, as an adult, I see, as a coach, I see parents and trainers and, and people just all around children telling them, your dream is too big. You can't do that. You can't get that far. But this book here emphasizes the fact that you can. CJ, he he dreamed real big. He made it from pretty much, uh, he he wasn't drafted into the league. He worked his way in there. He was like a lot of stories that you see fall by the wayside. He worked his way in there through the, uh, uh, um, he came in through the, um, uh, the Euro League and through the G League or the D League at the time. He worked his way up and made it into the league. And when he got there, he knew he was, he was supposed to be there, so he did what he had to do to stay. That is awesome. I think that is an awesome thing. I cannot wait to see to read this book. It's coming out on the 26th of November. So everyone, go out and check out this book. 
if this is going to be something that I want to read to my kids, I'm going to be so excited about this book. I definitely am. CJ's Big Dreams. Check out the book. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and post the book, the link and everything where you can find all of that information. We're going to post it directly on at Ball Court World. I will also point, post it at DrewCoach43 on my Instagram. So either way, you will see and at CWN Sports. We're going to post it everywhere. I want to make sure that y'all see this and y'all check it out. This is a this is a gulf move right here. As a matter of fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach out to CJ right now, see if we can get him on the show next time. Matt, I'm going to go do that. Y'all hang back. Come back. I'll be right here. This is ball court. This is the world of basketball. I'm Coach Drew. We're going to highlight at CJ. Y'all go ahead, put it in your calendars, 1126. CJ's Big Dream, book coming out, big things. I'm Coach Drew. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And how y'all doing? The world is great. Because guess what? We are now going to talk about the world of basketball. And you know, every time I say that, you know it's the first topic I talk about, right? Yes, LaMelo is balling. Let me tell you. Right now, LaMelo is doing a perfect bid for to be the first pick in the NBA draft. He's down in Australia right now with the Iwara, uh, the Iwara Hawks, and he's doing some amazing things. Yes, against the Serpents, he dropped 26 points. He had eight three-pointers made, and of course, actually, I'm sorry, five three-pointers made and eight assists. This was something that was absolutely great for him. He, I'm talking, he started off hot. He kept on going. He is hitting shots, moving the ball around. And he followed it up in a game against the Sydney Kings. Yes, the same Sydney Kings that have Andrew Bogut, the former NBA champion, playing. Yes, that Sydney Kings. And he was lighting them up there. He had 16 points in that game. Hands down. LaMelo is proving his worth. He is saying that he is here to stay. He's coming into the NBA hot. Now, there's not a lot of hype surrounded as far as, oh, well, I can't wait to see how he does against professional talent. He's playing only against young boys. He's dispelled all of those conversations just by showing up playing professional for the second time. Yes. Again, in Lithuania, with the Jello alongside him, he played as a professional. A lot of people questioned, was he ready at that time? But he stepped up to it and showed that he was. Now, of course, we know that there's things in his air right now. There's people speaking in his air right now, telling him that he should be uh, doing this, he should be doing that. But he is still doing the right things, and everybody's looking at him. The shoe companies are looking at him. The NBA is looking at him. His father's looking at him. Hopefully, that's another shoe company. Right? (laughs) But, needless to say, he is playing some fabulous basketball down there. So, we want him to keep it up. This is the 20th season of the NBL, and in round six right now, I'm telling you, it is starting to heat up. So this is something that we definitely want to look at. Now, speaking of with eyes that's on the NBL, right now they are hitting record 
setting pace. Crowds are coming out to watch. In Sydney, yes, that game for the Illawarra Hawks and the Sydney Kings grossed one, no, 17,514 people. That has been the largest crowd ever to watch an NBL game. In one sitting. That's all in the same room. I know NBL has branched out this year. Now they're on Vice Lane. They're on uh, Facebook Watch. They're on a lot of different platforms where you're able to go ahead and see them. But the simple fact of the matter is that in Australia, the game of basketball has now grown to the point where they are there and people are watching in its entirety. Now, the game has grown. Due to the fact that there's been a lot of Australian players that has been rising up over the last couple of years with Liz Cambage making her way through the States. As well as, of course, you know, Andrew Bogut who came out of there becoming an NBA champion. There's a lot of little things. Uh, Joe Inglis for Utah. All of these people coming from Australia and showing what Australia has. As well as you have a little young boy by the name of Ben Simmons who now has a three-point shot. So it's kind of like, man. What can the Australians do? That's a, it's, it's a big thing that's happening down there. I'm glad it's catching fire because I'm really enjoying watching them. I can't wait till they get to the point where they're going to be on regular ESPN and then we can actually rival them against the NBA and you can see the level of talent when you watch basketball all year round on every channel, on ESPN 17 or however many channels they have now. But it's like, you're going to be watching it like crazy. This is a big thing. I like it. Oh, speaking of big things, we must speak about Bryce Cotton. Bryce Cotton is, how should I put it? He's one of the, uh, he, he plays for the Perth Wildcats, but he's probably one of the most prolific scorers in the NBL. He's, game after game, he's putting up 30-point games. Last game that he played against actually one of the leaders in defense over there with the Breakers, he dropped 34 points, and they won 88-77. to 77. Now, 88-77, to 77, all you mathematicians, I want you to take out your pens and, pa- pens and papers. We're going to go over some things. You're gonna, this is why I'm talking about dominating. Bryce Cotton dominated the game. He, the team scored 88 points. He had 34 points. Four assists. He made six three-pointers. He pretty much carried that team when they needed. And the best part about it was when the game was tied, he was the one scoring in the closing minutes to go ahead and push it up. He literally won that game for them. Bryce Cotton, I salute to you. But I don't think you're going to be going over <laughs> LaMelo Ball if you are looking to come to the NBA. But you are a great scorer nonetheless. Just not a lot of hype there. Great scorer. Now, another thing that I want to go ahead and talk about, because this is the world of basketball, and it's all basketball in its entirety. We haven't spoke about the FIBA 3-on-3 for a while. Not because exciting things wasn't happening, but I wanted to make sure that when I did speak about them, I wanted to speak about one of the greatest. And yes, Soraya Muhammad one of the greatest 3 and 3 basketball players to play the game. She, she actually won MVP for 3 and 3 Africa, winning, playing for Egypt, dominating. I'm talking, if you look at some of these moves, it was absolutely astounding. She could break me down in the, through the middle. Her ball handle is crazy. She could shoot the three. She passes to the open ball, as well as she could cut off of the ball and go right to the basket. 
This is an all-around player. She's probably one of the best ball handlers you'll see in your lifetime. I'm going to tell you right now, if I have a three-on-three and I'm running, I want her on my team. And she's on my team. I feel sorry for y'all because y'all finna get the business. Yes. And that was in our world of basketball. But now, I'm going to take you to the number one segment that I have. Shady or Genius. All right. So it's here it is. Shady or Genius. And in this Shady or Genius, we're going to talk about the Ball family once again. Yes. There's always room for Jello. That's what they say. And just want to go ahead and put this disclaimer out. Everything that you hear in Shady or Genius is actually based off of rumors. Anything proven, we do go ahead and state that it was a proven fact, but these are rumors, and this is something that we are definitely looking into. And yes, Leangelo, this is a rumor, Leangelo Ball and the Ball family is pushing for him to play alongside LaMelo at the Illawarra Hawks. Now, don't get me wrong, we don't want Jello stealing the thunder, but they're saying that there's got to be room for Jello. I know what he sees is the same thing that we see. Obviously, the best path for Melo to get into the league was putting him to play in the NBL. So, you're playing to similar NBA talent, but not on an NBA scale. This way, you can definitely see if he's worth it. I understand. I get it. It's working with LaMelo. But why Jello too? Why would you even sully what Melo has going on over there to bring in Jello? So... The only way that this works, is, especially since they're in round six of NBL 20, and the way this is going to only way it should work is unless you're asking Melo to stay one more year to help Jello in. I don't know. Or are you looking for Jello to replace Melo after he leaves and say that okay, this is going to be Jello's way in? I'm gonna let you know the way I see it. I find that the scouts in the NBA through the NBA scene they're very savvy. If they feel that you have an inkling of what it takes to move on to the next level, they will push you through the G League. Look at Taco Falls. He's literally running that G League right now. Look at Ball Ball. Ball Ball is playing in the G League and playing great, and that's how he was drafted to do so. But with Jello, he wasn't drafted. They didn't ask him to go into the G League. He, he didn't get picked up right away by any other country. Is there a reason why? Is there something that we're missing? Or is there something that LeVar is missing that we all can see? Because I could clearly see that, being for the fact that you're a two-sport athlete, two of your sons got, is phenomenal in one of the sports that you did, and another one of your sons is probably going to be phenomenal in the other sport. Jello, who's built like a tight end, and pretty much has the handling ability and moves of a tight end, He's kind of doesn't fit in basketball, hence the reason why he never really took off. So I could understand why he's still trying to hold on to the brand because he's the only one that's not making it. And it's not that he's not making it due to the simple fact that there was some kind of physical illness. He's We just have to face at certain points that he is just not good enough. Don't get me wrong, Lonzo was a great player and LaMelo's good, a great player as well. But there's nothing showing that Leangelo is uh, even trending in that fashion. Now, there's a couple ways he could go about it. Since he's not Kylie Jenner, he can't just come out with a makeup and just live off of the family name. So he's going to probably have to find a way to excel at something else. And 
maybe if I was him, I would take advantage of this opportunity that his brothers are giving him. They're right now hot commodity in the shoe business. Maybe if you decide, let me cut ties with a triple B as well, they'll allow you to represent them in that game. And there's a lot of money in representation. There's a lot more than in playing ball. But that's shady or genius. That's just my opinion. Take it as you want it. Either LeVar's just being shady about the whole thing, or it's a genius way to keep Jello in the mouth of the public. But is there really always room for Jello? You decide. Stick around with me. This is Ball Court. I am Coach Rule. We're going to be back, so let's kick it. Hang around. segment you've all been waiting for. Let's kick it. Let's kick it. Come on, y'all. Let's kick it. All right. As you all know, Let's Kick It is the segment where we talk about some of the hottest sneakers out and some of the ones that are coming out that we just got to watch for. This is our sneaker watch, y'all. Come on. Let's kick it. So I have my friend as well as host of Fusion Sports, AZ Manning, she's here with us once again. Welcome back, AZ. How thank you doing? Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. This is my favorite part. Always coming on your sh- your show in this segment. It's my favorite. I, I love having you here because I know you like to talk about fashion. I like to yes. talk about fashion. And we get a chance to kick it. Yeah. So what you got on the list this week? Oh, I got some fire. Of course, you know, I got my staples on the list. Okay. Because Kyrie released 11 cities for the Kyrie 6. Okay, so right? Kyrie's just, I guess, a reoccurring co-star, I guess, on the show. <laughs> I, mean, I, bring, I bring Kyrie's on with you. Right. So every time you come on, Kyrie come on. You know Always. what I'm saying? That's, that's how we do it. Right. It's like, so, but the ones that I'm talking about is the Shanghai's. Mm-hmm. Now, I myself, I really like the Tokyo's, the ones that we spoke about last time. Mm-hmm. But the Shanghai. Maybe it's uh, the color is too familiar to the Squidward mm-hmm. and for the Kyrie Five, and I just I just didn't fall in love. Yeah, um, I would say the colorway is similar. We've had seen it before, and also the the kind of the the design the, on the it. Swirl. We've seen that the swirl. I've seen that already. Is I like them. I feel like at this point, everyone loves the Kyries. At this point, it's just finding the colorway that works for you, and I think that's probably why they have such a different variety of the same shoe, which is in a different color. Kind of to maybe just, you know, get every consumer to find the color that they want. I feel like now that's the point. Because everyone loves the shoe. The Kyrie yeah. is staple. They're, they're comfortable to play in, too. Right. So it's like, I, I understand where, the, where they're coming from, why they keep on pushing it out there. Mm-hmm. But that color choice, ugh, if I was in Shanghai, I'd be kind of upset about that. I was just thinking more of like reddish, goldish, exactly, more royal kind of, more uh, rustic kind like, of look to it. Uh, exactly. I would, I would have wanted that. Or if you're gonna go with the print, because I noticed that they do have uh, a print on each one of them. I wouldn't have done a similar print. I would have done each city have its own print, similar to like the Why Nots mm. when um, 
with uh, Russell Westbrook did, yeah. where, where the Tokyo Why Nots was completely different, different. than, the, you know, the Shanghai one. So, hey, where I sit, do your thing. I like it, Kyrie. We're always going to support the Kyrie. No, but I, that colorway didn't grab me. Wasn't my favorite. But we still love you, Kyrie. We love the Kyrie's. But, now, if anybody's out thinking right now that they're going to be playing ball in a pair of Levi jeans right now, saying, man, I will ball you up as soon as I get out of work. Type feeling? You got to cop the new things coming out in December. Yes. The Jordans, uh, the Jordans uh, wash denim. Right Jordan before Christmas. Six. Right before Christmas. Yeah. Perfect. There you go. There you go. Now, see, the wash denim is the six. The thing I like it, it has a little patchwork of all the different denims. Mm-hmm. And the Jordan symbol kind of looks like that little patch just at the back of your jeans. Mm-hmm. I like that feel to it. I can see myself wearing, you know, coming through with a pair of acid wash jeans with those on and a jeans jacket. Mm-hmm. And a nice little button up. You know, something like... So, something a little more dapper. Or if you are if you are the type of person that's like PJ Tucker good, you probably want to wear them in a game. Wear the denim the denim sixes in a game. Yeah, that I think if you wear the denim sixes in a game, you are absolutely outright saying I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just really focused on what you're wearing. I don't know. I don't I wouldn't wear. I don't see anyone, a true athlete, a true baller, playing in those. Though, who is going to be wearing those denim heavy? You uh-uh. actually, you know, you know, I wish you still in the league. Who? Who would have took you up on that if they were in the league? And please, if you are listening to my show, I matter of fact, I want to clip of this part of this segment because okay. I want to talk about him. Right. So I want to send it to him. I'm gonna tag him in this clip. Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> Gilbert Arenas would wear the denim six in a game. Remember? Clearly, yeah. yeah, I mean, clearly he would. But. <laughs> he would, he would. Gilbert Arena wore Nick Young's Gucci shoes in the game. He did. <laughs> I remember, I actually remember that. <laughs> that man would wear the Denver Six in the game. See, somebody needs to sign Gilbert Arenas on a 10 day contract <laughs> just so he could wear the Denim Six and, and oh, the Denim, I want him to wear the Denim Six mm-hmm. and the Travis Scott's. Air Force Ones in a game. I'm done. (laughs) Gilbert, please take me up on this. Take me up on this. Gilbert Arenas. That would be so funny. That would be a show in itself. I would would buy the tickets just for that. Just for that. Even if he played with the Knicks. I would go go just for that. I don't know. I'm not a fan of them. You know, I'm honestly just not a fan of the Sixes. They're just not mine. If I would have maybe seen the Jordan in another, in another, in another, um, yeah. maybe I love the denim work. I was just thinking, I'm like, they need to do some like denim with like the Air Force Ones or something. But I don't know. If I would have seen it on a different shoe from Jordan, I feel like I would like it more. But I just don't like that style shoe with the denim. It just looks like they just wrapped it in denim, literally. Like it doesn't have much like stitching, fabrication. I don't really love I, it that much. I, I, I myself, I really like it because I kind of like that tight denim look. Like, no, I, I like the like denim look. Them. I just don't like the six in general. The six shoe for me just doesn't do it. And then with the denim, it just looks like astronaut shoes. Like, I don't know. That's just my opinion. But. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm, and I'm probably aging myself a little bit. But if I am on an I'll be short outfit, you know, the acid wash jacket with the acid wash pants, mm-hmm. extra tight, with my curls going, I would so rock that. Tell me, come on, what do we, what do we, 
Think about it. You got the wash denim, then you have the Jordan. Uh, See, if you're wearing those, the denim, that's the only denim you need. <laughs> Just the shoes. You're not gonna need a denim jacket. You're not gonna need a denim shirt. The <laughs> denim would be the denim would be the wash denim in those with the sixes. Uh, I'm gonna read that as an agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> they're they're too much for me, but. All right, now, now, as you know, contractually, I have to speak of the LeBrons. And so we got a new colorway for the LeBrons, which I am in love with. It's going to be the LeBron Harlem Fashion Row, Mm -hmm. the 17s. Now, it's an ivory color with rose gold in that little part of the trim. Mm -hmm. Now, Hands down, every time he comes out with a new 17s and he debuts it in a game, he just he's, he is miraculous. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, he wore those when he played against the Kings. Okay. And if they could do that, I mm-hmm. want a pair. And they're not going to make you jump like that. But these are probably one of the cleanest shoes that I see that's going to go from uh, street to court mm-hmm. to club. To club, yeah, club. I'm, you rock, go think about it. Look at these, look at these Harlem with a pair of black jeans rolled up, and a pair of black jeans rolled up. Nice suit, nice uh, suit jacket, nice sport jacket with a button up and a tie. No, that looks fresh. That looks fresh. I'm sorry, that's fresh. What I can say, I can agree with you. I love the <laughs> colorway. I love the ivories. They're clean. They're very crisp. Very simple. Just straight mm-hmm. to the point. I love the rose gold as a girl. I love the goldish color. It's pretty. And I like that, again, that is very versatile. And a woman or a guy can wear them. Yeah. And that's what we want in a shoe. I want something that a girl can rock just as much as a guy can. And he definitely did that with, with the LeBron 17s. And with the 17s, all, every one of them are hot. Yeah. Let me ask you, what's your favorite colorway? This one. That? This one. I'm telling you, the rose gold, and it kind of has that, like, copperish, pinkish, kind of orangey color. I love those. I would wear those for sure. I would say my favorite colorway is going to be the China Red. Oh, okay. Those are nice. The China Red would be my favorite, but this would definitely be a close second. Yeah. They're really nice. Really yeah. sleek. Now, yes. And I have actually, outside of just speaking about sneakers, we actually have sneaker news here on Let's Kick It too. Okay. Yes. Red Fran, Fred Van Fleet or, you know, Drake Lookalike, um, actually is going to be the new face of N1. Now, what do you think about that? Do you or do you feel they should bring back Lance Stevenson? No, <laughs> something new, something different. I feel like Anne one it needs something new. I need. I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. But I think Lance embodied what Anne one was. Fred, I don't see it. Don't get me wrong. In the championship, he was balling out. He did his thing. He's a great basketball player. But and one from its inception was about that street ball mentality, that right. street ball style. Right. Lance Stevenson is street ball to the fullest, from mm-hmm. blowing in LeBron's air to flopping in China, which he <laughs> got fined for, <laughs> and flopping properly at that. Because one person tried to flop it before him, he came back within six seconds and showed him how to do a proper flop. Good job, Lance. Details, but. I felt he was the one that embodied what N1 was. I, I. Well, you keep saying was. Keyword was. We've got to be current. It's something we need something new. N1 maybe might. They may be changing the direction of what they want to represent. Maybe the 
the street the street the street guy the street baller is not really what's in right now which really isn't in the NBA or no, anything no. at all when you look at ballers they're very polished it's a different it's a different world it's now it's a different era in basketball For you're sure. right you're definitely right and maybe if he's gonna bring that new look that smooth cleaner look to to the M1 show that's something that I I think Personally, though, I don't feel he has a personality that's going to bring it out. That's, that's going to make him a great cover man. I feel that he's going to be like how everybody else is mm. with Under Armour, because you yeah. have Steph Curry on Under Armour and everybody else. Right. So I feel he's going to be like everybody else on Under Armour. He's not going to be, even though they want him to be the face of and one, like how Steph Curry is the face of Under Armour. Right. I don't feel that with his style of play that he has is is that impactful where a kid's going to be like, you know what, I want to wear his shoe because I want to do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. Because at point. least Lane, Lane Stevenson had, dope, had that select few of basketball players like, I want to be like that. I right. want to be that that kind of player. So they were, me, myself, I, I, I had his shoe. And it was one of my favorite basketball shoes. Mm-hmm. I had his shoe. You know, and so, and the Born Ready's, those were great. The Born Ready ones. Oh, that hands down, good. that was one of the best and one shoes ever made was the Born Ready ones. But if Fred Van Fleet's gonna be on the face of and one, he's gonna have to be the face. He's gonna have to do something where the average kid wants to do. And right now, with Steph Curry sitting out with a broken hand, this is a change. Shoot threes, do something. Dunk on somebody, do something. Isn't it how so strategic? Strategic, uh, excuse me. Strategic how basketball works. How he's now the face. Curry's out right now. He's got the chance. I swear, I love the the world of basketball. Pascal Siakam getting big money over <laughs> right. there in Toronto. Right. So uh, I don't know. Maybe he might show out. He's got this platform. He has a brand behind him. He's got the spot now to really show us what he's got. So he's maybe got a country behind him. Right. So. And worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. He could go back to doing cover songs for Drake. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> you had to get that Drake, that Drake joke yeah, in, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. had to get that one in. All right. But I want you to hang around with me for this next segment. Okay. Yes, this was the Why You Ball segment. Nice. And I wanted you to hang around with me because... This is one of the people that I've been like so excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on she was on Why You Ball earlier this year on one of our earlier shows. Yes, Diamond Johnson. I want to talk about her because she has actually committed to Rutgers. Nice. The number six guard for the twenty twenty is committed to Rutgers. Rutgers is gonna have a team. A They're gonna have a squad. Right. They're out there picking up and I'm gonna tell you, Diamond Johnson is one of She's an exciting guard to watch. Mm-hmm. It's she her handles. It, you know who she reminds me of? Who? Remember Allen Iverson when he first came out when he first came out of high school? Okay. When he was fresh out of Virginia, when he was in, in Georgetown. Right. I know this is probably a little bit before your time. I know but, about. But I know I know your dad had you watching. Right. What you want? But Allen Iverson, when he first came into Georgetown, he had that that rawness about his mm-hmm. game where he was gonna cross whoever. Mm-hmm. I like that about her. She has that, too. I think she's going to be the next Dawn Staley. And this is for all the people who saw the first year of the WNBA and saw that Olympic team for the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta, and you saw what Dawn Staley was doing. I'm telling you, 
Remember these words. This girl, Diamond Johnson, is going to be the next Dawn Staley. She's going to be on that level. And I'm so excited that Rutgers got her. No, I'm excited to see that. That's something, something new, something fun. I just love to see new talent in general. When they come to a school and really make their mark or try to have their own uh, style and really make a name for themselves. So I think this is what Rutgers uh, bas- women's basketball needed to revive the program. The program, I'm not saying was dead, but they're not where they were a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. te- a decade ago, when they had that controversy that was taking place when they were at the top of their game. Right. After that controversy, I felt they minimized what they were doing over there. And a lot of light kind of was dimmed on the program. Mm-hmm. I feel that this is going to be one of those things that's going to spark it. She's going to be excited to watch. I'm excited for her. We're excited to watch you here at yes. Ball Court. Yeah, you're about to say Future Sports. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. She'll have to make a, an appearance on our show. Too, yes, yes she, <laughs> yes, she would. But also, to add on top of that for the Why You Ball segment... Finally, I'm going to have to go a little bit of some dry bragging. You might as well. This is your show. Why yes. wouldn't you? I did. That's what I do. That's what I do. It. I like to brag. So, this is what I'm going to brag about. I'm not going to brag about my coaching skills because I know that I have what I can do. But I want to brag about some of the girls that we took up to Phoenix to play in the Diamond Classic, in the Arizona's Diamond Classic. Mm-hmm. It's one of the great girl showcases that they have out there in Arizona. And it's one of the last ones that they have before the school year starts. So, mm-hmm. it's... We went up there with a baseline team. We had a total of 10 girls okay. for two age groups, the 5th and 6th age group and the 7th and 8th. We only had three girls that were actually legitimately 7th and 8th age group. Wow. So okay. we were going to take the 5th and 6th age group, move them up as well as have them play in the 5th and 6th age group. Mm-hmm. Now, I know LeBron's going to hate me for this, but since we only had, since we only had that small amount of girls, we had to play them in every game. So they're playing games back to back to back. They played four games on one day. They won three games out of those four. Nice. Last game they lost. They were dead tired. You could see it in them. They couldn't make a layup. They were barely running up the floor. We told them, hey, you're not expected to win everything. The fifth and sixth grade team, y'all might win this. Mm-hmm. But the seventh and eighth grade team, we just want y'all to finish up strong. Mm-hmm. That fifth and sixth grade team, of course, they won it. They blew it out. My daughter had a double-double in that game. Yep. She had uh, 12 rebounds, 13 points. Go ahead. Great game. Great game. Took MVP. MVP. And then within 45 minutes of her taking her picture for MVP and smiling, she had to get right back on the court to try and win the seventh and eighth grade championship. So how did it go? Let us know. Oh, it was fabulous. Don't get me wrong, she wasn't scoring like how she was, mm-hmm. but they had one girl, also a person that we had on our show for the YU Ball, Nyla Marshall. She had 17 points, no, 16 points, 17 rebounds. Wow. We had my, Maya, another person that we had represented on the YU Ball. She came out, she took MVP, scoring the game-winning three-pointer, as well as pushing us as well as pushing it, it was right after um, my daughter made the steal to pass it to her to hit that game-winning three-pointer. Nice. That was a fabulous team we played, too. I'm going to say that that team, they were called uh, Surprise Blaze out of Arizona. They were a great team, well-coached, well-disciplined team, and I think that I have to owe it to our girls that they fought, they knew what they wanted, 
fifth and sixth graders playing up. Mm-hmm. They went hard. They did some great things in there, even though we had a couple key players that were eighth graders. Hands down, I really believe that they played great, and I just wanted to give them a special shout-out. Vegas Lights Girls, I, I want to tell you, you did an excellent job in Phoenix. Thank you, thank you for the trophy. I really appreciate it. Even though I hang up the trophy, you did the work. Great job. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. I love to hear about the little girls out there balling and just playing hard because this is just the beginning for them. Who that's knows it. where you can take them, you know, and it, to, have that, to have that discipline now and to learn what it's like to work hard and have to play no matter what your circumstances is. If you want it, you're going to go get it. So that's exciting. That is very much exciting. Yeah. Obviously, our our theme for today is focus on your dreams. Hmm. Here at Ball Court, that's what we expect you to do. Make the dreams big and go chase them. So, kids, go out there, grab that CJ's Big Dream book. 1126, it comes out. Focus on those dreams. I'm going to focus on the dream of one day seeing AZ wear the Jordan 6 <laughs> wash denim with a full denim outfit looking like salt and pepper Mm-mm. back in the push it video. Maybe for Halloween. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that for Halloween. We'll see. But either way, I've had a great time with you. I'm glad everybody came out and did and listened and heard. I'm glad you came to the show, AZ. It was amazing having you. Always a pleasure. Thank you, thank you. And I want y'all to go out, go to iHeartRadio, subscribe to CWN Sports, or subscribe to Ball Court, subscribe to Fusion Sports. If you are up in the morning, we have a morning show too. If you miss it, CWN Sports, you can go ahead and listen to it there. Also, we have The Blitz. That magazine is hot, funny, and controversial. If you like your comedy a little edgy, and you like your sports just a little bit factual, then definitely go ahead and listen to Blitz. They are popping. And, of course, you have Ball Court. I want you to listen. I want you to subscribe. I want you to follow us. We're going to have some great information, and we're going to be starting, I think, next week or the week after. We're going to be delivering weekly content, little hits here and there, giving you a little bit of something, something. We're going to be doing it with Fusion Sports, too. Sometime me and AZ, we're going to talk about something hot that's dropping or something crazy that's taking place in sports. This is a big time for CWN Sports. We want you to be with the movement. Join the movement. Keep on watching. This is Ball Court. I'm Coach Drew. And I'm Azari Manning from Fusion. And this is CWN Sports. Ball Court. We'll see you next week. See you later, guys. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.